This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello. Welcome to this qualification meeting. I am a food addict from California, and I am your leader for this hour. After a moment of silence, will you please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Hi. Um, So I'm here to tell my story. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, So it begins um, when I was young. I'll start there. Um, I want to start over again. Um, I'll start with my numbers. I'm I'm 58 years old. I started this program when I was 47, and I am 5'3", and today I weigh 115 pounds, and my highest weight was 181, which I only saw once, thank God. But um, I didn't gain a lot of weight um, as a young child. Um, My story wasn't of a lot of food addiction when I was growing up. Part of the reason for that was because I sucked my thumb and I um, chewed on my fingernails. And... um, and also, there wasn't a lot of food around in my house that was the kind of food I wanted to eat. We had regular foods that, um, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I wasn't really that interested in that. So um, at that time, I just, I, I spent a lot of time sucking my thumb. I mean, that was really, you know, when I was young. And, um, but what I did have as a young child is I did have that fear, doubt, and insecurity that people talk about in this program. And I did have um, a lot of body obsession, and I didn't know it until I came in here, but when I was in um, kindergarten, there was a little girl, a friend of mine. Her name was Katie, and I and I remember this. She wore there was one day especially she wore this dress to school, and she had on you know it was fitted at the waist and it, you know ballooned out with her little petticoat, petticoat underneath it, and her legs were like perfect. Now I was five years old, and I remember her perfect legs. And then <clears throat> when I was in second grade, there was a girl in my class who wore uniforms and they were um, jumpers. And they had a, a waistband, and then they were pleated on the bottom. And there was a, a girl in second grade, and I remember um, how her pleats laid really flat. And, in fact, her stomach was kind of, it, it went in instead of out. And I remembered that. And then there was another girl, and, and as I went through school, there were other girls that I would look at their, the way their pleats f- fell on their uniforms. And I wanted to have that flat, flat, concave stomach. And I was in, I mean, I was in grammar school, and I remember these things. Um, when I got in high school, it was basically the same story. I, I looked at, I loved, I loved looking at the yearbook, and I loved looking at um, cheerleaders in their uniforms and the way they fitted them. And they always wore the pleated skirts, and they were the sewn-down pleats, and they flared out. And these girls were so happy and so perky, and um, they had such, you know, great personalities. They were, um, I, I wanted to be them. I wanted really to be anybody but me. And you know, I, I was thinking about this. I there was a there were girls that I grew up with that were really nice. 
there was one girl, one of my really good friends was just known in the class. She was really nice, and I was glad to be her friend, but I didn't necessarily, I, I couldn't necessarily be nice like her. You know, like, I mean, I was just, I, I just couldn't be that nice. And then there was another friend of mine who was really smart. She was, she was br- you know, brilliant. She got A's and everything. I didn't know how she did it because she was very, like, um, you know, soft-spoken, and she was she was very understated, but she was really, really smart, and um, she was a really good friend of mine. And I and I couldn't be like that, you know. And I, it, but what I, but I, what I wanted to be was really skinny, and I wasn't fat, but I wanted to be really skinny. I didn't want to be nice, and I didn't want to be smart, but I wanted to be really skinny. And so I know that I suffered from this disease at a really young age because of those thoughts that have come to me since I've been in in program. Um, when I was in high school, um, my dad started to get sick, and, and he was sick for a couple of years. And then in my first year of college, he um, was diagnosed with cancer in April, and he died in June. And so in that very quick period of time, my life just really shifted. I was almost 19 at the time. And um, uh, when he died, it was really odd because, I mean, it was probably very typical, but of the time, but I remember crying um, when I saw his casket. I just, I, I just, I just, I was, I was so shocked. I mean, there he was, you know, in this box. And um, the next day before the funeral, my mother came to me and said, you know, just maybe don't cry so much. I mean, she was, she was kind of concerned that I was just really out of control that night before. And, um, and I understood that she was. She didn't want me to be embarrassed or something. One of one of the things about my story is that my parent, my mom especially, passed on to me just to be really careful what other people think about you. And um, and the way that manifested in my family was that we dressed really nice. Our hair looked really nice. Our front yard looked really nice. Our cars were clean. Um, there were five of us. And we presented ourselves to the community as, or you know, our t- to our neighbors as a, a pretty, you know, nice, lo- nice-looking family. That was, that was important to my family. And I don't think my mom intended for me to take it to the degree that I took it, where you know I became obsessive about what I look like. But that is pretty much, you know, where it came from, and then, um, you know, where it led to, uh, to the degree of, you know, yeah, don't cry in front, cry like that in front of a bunch of strangers. And um, anyway, so that, that, you know, I think I remember um, at that point, I was in junior college, and I do remember starting to eat differently after that. Um, you know, did I become a food addict at that point? I don't know. For me, it, it, this was really a progressive, a slow progressive disease. I went off to college after that, and I got this wonderful roommate. I really liked her. She had a great figure. Again, she was the one that told me about how your legs, if you put your legs together, the perfect legs have diamonds in between them. I don't know if other people know that, but if you look at the right legs, you put your knees together, and if there's diamonds, you've got a good body. And, um, and I, you know, I thought, wow, great. So, so we tried to get those perfect legs, and we exercised and, and tried to eat right, and I lived with her for about two years, and I gained at least, I was, I was probably about 120 pounds when I went to school, and I got up to 144 pounds having her show me how to get these perfect diamonds. <laughs> and um, it, that didn't work. And that was when I went to my first, I went to a program that, um, you know, paid for I had to pay for a program to uh, learn how to eat right. And um, that worked. I lost, I mean, it worked. I lost 100 and I've got down to 130 pounds. Um, I was 
you know, I'm 115 now. I'm more comfortable in this weight than I was at 130, but that was the best I could do, and I was happy at that point. I was about 22 years old to be 130 pounds. And I never really felt like I struggled. I mean, I just, you know, I, I ate, and then I lost the weight. Um, I always had clothes that fit. At that, at that weight and at that age, I, I didn't feel so awful in my body, although, although when I was in high school... Um, Twiggy was on the cover of a magazine, my idol. I mean, when people talked about how thin she was, I thought they were crazy. She looked perfect, perfect to me. I mean, I mean, her face is pretty anyway, but I always looked at her long arms, her long legs, and that concave stomach, and that, you know, that's what I wanted. So I did have that feeling always that I wasn't going to be Twiggy, but I aspired to that kind of a look. Um, Anyway, fast forward to, you know, getting married and having kids and, um, you know, just the, the slow, steady progress of gaining weight for me. I, I don't think I really ate regular food. I didn't like regular food. I, I, if I had a regular meal, it was really just that I could have the dessert after. I, you know, I was just justifying it. And, and so, you know, life just started to look hard to me. I got married. We had kids. I didn't know what I mean, I wa- always wanted to have kids, but I didn't really know what to do to, with them. Um, I remember wishing, you know, not wishing, but being excited for the day they got to go to preschool, and I got to be back to my own, my lonely, alone self again. Um, I remember, um, I remember also when we got into school, having that feeling of trying to keep up with the other other parents. The, you know, there was a. Um, there were people in, in where I lived that had a lot of money, and those were the ones I really noticed. So it was a feeling of trying to keep up with them, um, wanting to keep up with them. We put our kids in um, a, a preschool that I had no; it was very, very expensive, and I had no business doing that. I mean, we didn't really have the. the I would say we had the money, but it, looking back on it, I wish we hadn't spent the money to put them in that school. But it was because the friends that I was hanging out with, that's where their kids went, and I wanted to be part of that group. So part of my story very, very, very much is what it looks like on the outside. I mean, this, you know, being, you know, what it looks like, you know, what I'm wearing, how my hair looks, what my kids look like, what I'm driving, where I live, what my car looks like, you know, it was just, it was just so, that was my life, just trying to keep up. And and in doing that, I, I was never going to measure up. I, I, I had more than some people had, but I was never going to have, you know, the most. So... Um, you know, I, I just think all those feelings that I had inside, trying to, to live that way, um, my reaction was to use food. I mean, I, I liked it. I, I, it's hard for me to remember that I actually said, oh, I don't get to go to that, that trip to Tahoe with those people. I'm going to go get something to eat. But I see today that I have all these feelings, and they just roll around inside of me. They, they're just there. And I know that I would be perfectly fine at the beginning of the day. Every day was a new day. But then the day would start, and I would maybe meet up with some people to do some activity, and I'd start to maybe hear that they were going to go do something, or um, somebody else was getting together to go do something over there, or somebody was buying something, or or some child got some kind of achievement, which was always a bummer for me. Um, and I and 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 then the feelings would start to come up, and you know, and and it's really funny because it was kind of like by two o'clock in the afternoon is when I needed my drug. It just seemed to happen around that I could get to about two o'clock, and then I would 
I would have the best intentions of that day to eat right, whatever that looked like. I never really had a plan, but it was the plan, but I wanted to eat right. But um, I'd be getting ready to go pick up my kids from school, and I'd get this thought. And this thought was, you need something to eat. You haven't had lunch today. You've exercised all day. You've been busy. You're, you're hungry. And I would, there was this one place that I drove by. It was a fast food place. It was, I had to drive by it to go pick my kids up. And I very rarely, it seems like, could drive by that place without driving in. And, and I would say, don't go in. Don't go in. Don't go in. And the next thing I know, I'd be in there. And there were times when I bought, I ordered um, two meals, and I'd buy two drinks and make it look like I was buying something for my kids. And I'd even say it to the guy who knew my order. I mean, I went in so many times, and I got the same thing just about every day. And then one time he, he said, is it the same order? And I got mad at him because I said, no, I'm getting something different. I mean, like there was, it was just crazy. I was so embarrassed. And I have to say, I mean, I was so full of shame. Bottom line, I was all, I mean, I just had so much shame. I felt embarrassed that I was eating. And by those, that time, I probably weighed 150, 160. Um, I did exercise a lot, and I think that's why my weight went up, was because I felt justified to eat. I, I, I was a big exerciser. I walked every morning for an hour with a friend before you know starting the day. I played tennis every day if I could, and I went to the gym, and I would jog in the afternoon. And I'm, um, I don't know, that's just, just my story. I, I like sports. I like, I'm competitive, but believe me, I did not enjoy any of that. There was a time there that I had, um, I, uh, there was a kiosk at the, at the mall that sold this product called Metabolife. And they were there, they were kind of, you know, kick uppers, whatever, but they were over the counter, so they weren't that big a deal. But I remember reading the, the instructions and it said, you know, take, um, like one, so I took one. I was so nervous, and then after a week, it didn't. They weren't really working, so I was taking two a day, or you know, I mean, they weren't really working that well. And then um, I didn't take too many, but I did. But I could feel this this buzz. I, I didn't. I wasn't a coffee drinker, so um, I remember when there was an article on the front page of the paper saying we're taking this off the market. It causes people to have heart attacks, and I went to this. I went to the kiosk that day and bought five more jars. I mean, I because I felt because I felt like at that point it was at least keeping my weight where it was, which was around 150 or 160. I was not thin by any means, um, so it, you know, I gained a lot of weight. I, I and I couldn't stop. It was just progressive, progressive, progressive. I did a lot of the things I hear people talk about. I tried to I tried to not eat. I'd throw things out, go get them. You know, I'd keep it kind of clean. I wouldn't just throw it anywhere, but. I remember um, um, one of the things um, I would, you know, mix up things that were supposed to be cooked. You know, I would I would buy things. I would buy flour and sugar, and and it would. Um, it's so funny because I remember now, like, I would think, okay, this is going to last me a week, but. I hate, it's a weird thing to think, but I think the food was talking to me. I mean, it would say, you know, I'm in here, I'd keep it in the kitchen, it belongs in the kitchen, so it stays in the kitchen, and, and it'd be after dinner, and, and it'd say, you know, you really want to start your diet tomorrow, so you kind of have to get rid of this tonight, so why don't you just come in and finish it so you can start tomorrow, and that was pretty consistent. I had a hard time keeping, you know, snack food kinds of things in the house for, that were for me. Um, so I... Um, Anyway, I I got to be 180 pounds, and one day, um, and I did lose it on, on on another program. I did get down to back back down to 130, 
And then within, I don't know, a year anyway, I, I was back up to 150, which is when I went into a bookstore and there was a man there and he was in, I probably in his 30s or so, and I was 47. And he said to me, oh, you probably don't recognize me. I've lost 100 pounds. And, you know, the truth was I'd been in that store before, but I'm the kind of person that really doesn't make good eye contact with people. And I didn't want to tell him I wouldn't have recognized you anyway. I don't look at you and you're a strange man and I don't look at strange <laughs> men. But I didn't want to break his heart. So I let him tell me about, I let him tell me about how he lost 100 pounds. And I guess he thought I was interested. So he handed me a flyer. And it was a Friday afternoon, and um, and I took the flyer, and, you know, people please are sure, give it to me. And um, and I took it home, and I was, I was sitting in the kitchen. It was after dinner that night. And at that point, my children were in um, high school, freshman and sophomore in high school. My husband and I were in counseling with um, our son, who we thought had so many problems. And um, so we were kind of in family counseling, and... Um, I, and I really, I mean, at that point, I, I, I was staying married uh, so that my kids didn't have to have divorced parents in high school, that we could get them through high school, and, um, and then, we could, then we could split up. I just could see no hope. I was, you know, um, I was not happy. My husband wasn't making me happy. Um, you know, my kids were, were good kids, but, you know, they weren't great. They weren't stellar students, and, you know, they played sports, but they weren't the best. And everything was just kind of like, what's, you know, what's going on here? And I just had this general dissatisfaction with life. No gratitude. I didn't even, that wasn't even in my vocabulary. But mostly, you know, I was just, I, I, I don't want to say I yelled a lot, but I was, I had an aggressive voice a lot. I was bossy. Um, my kids would try to watch TV, and you know they, they couldn't relax around the house. Um, they had to be busy. My husband would, on the weekends, I mean, he would go out in the yard, and we had a big yard, and he'd hide for the weekend. And I was, I mean, I have this vision of me seriously standing. We had a deck, and then it, the, the yard went down. And it was a hill, and I remember standing on the deck like, are you going to take me out to dinner tonight? Can, can we go out to dinner? Are we, we going to make any plans for tonight? Are you, we, are, you, know, you going to take care of me today? And that was pretty much the way it was. And so anyway, that was the day I found um, F.A. The, I went to a meeting that night. I said to him, I think I'd like to go. The other thing I liked this um, young man told me was that the meetings were free. And I had spent a lot of money on diets. And I thought, well, if it's free, if it doesn't work, I, you know, at least I haven't lost anything. So that was a, that was a good, you know, that was a selling point for me. So I went to the meeting and I found um, 13 people in a small meeting in Mill Valley. And um, I thought, these are not my people. They, they don't look like my people. These are not the beautiful people. They, but they were thin. But they were, you know, they, they just didn't quite look like the people I'd want to hang out with. But, um, but, but people got up and shared and they were telling my story. And I was shocked because I had never heard my story before. I had never heard people talk about what they did with food or their obsession around that. And um, this man, this young man was there, and it was so strange because it's totally a God thing because I do not follow strange men to meetings. I mean, that's just <laughs> not what I do. But I did that night. I mean, how did that happen except, in, um, except a very good God was working in my life that day? I got a sponsor that night and then started talking to this woman. Um, and I cried a lot that first um, however many months. Um, I was just so broken, you know, and I didn't even know it. I had no idea that I was so broken, but I was surrendered. It wasn't easy. I didn't 
I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to come to a meeting and have people get up and say they were food addicts and have to say that and stand up in front of the room and you know say my name and say I'm a food addict. I didn't get it. But the one thing I'd always wanted in my life, I really, really wanted to be thin. I wanted to be Twiggy. I wanted to be Maureen. I wanted to be, you know, Debbie. I wanted, I mean, I wanted to be that cheerleader look. And, um, and I saw thin people. And that's all I, that's what brought me back. I, I saw thin people. And then I started hearing people talking about their relations with their husbands getting better. And I got this teeny weeny sliver of hope. And, um, so, you know, I, 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 I came back because relationships were getting better for other people. And I thought, and, and that sounded like a good thing to me too. So what happened is that five years after I started program, um, uh, I was, I had a great life. I mean, I, my kids were liking me and, um, my friends were liking me. I, I felt great in my body, but my relationship with my husband wasn't changing. And, he said, um, I was January, almost six years ago, he said, you know, this just isn't working for me. You're not happy. I'm not happy. I think we should split up. And I was shocked because I was feeling pretty good and I was feeling pretty hopeful, but I thought that maybe um, I, I really wasn't doing anything. And that, that particular day I had gone downstairs. He was working on the taxes and he and I wanted to go for a walk. I said, do you want, do you want to go for a walk? Do you take the dogs out? And he said, yeah, okay, I guess. And I said, well, not if you don't want to. I mean, I got mad at him because he didn't say, yeah, let's go. You're the best person that's ever been around me. I'd love to spend some time with you. I mean, that's not who I had been to him. So he was really feeling um, neglected and rejected and really sad about our relationship. And so I got mad at him for not not just jumping up and wanting to go with me. So that that was the night that he said um, that he wanted, he thought we should split up. And I'll never forget, I called my sponsor the next day bawling, just help me, you know, just help me. And, you know, a couple of days that day, we just kind of did some damage control. And I remember a couple of days later, she said, do you want to be married to him? And, you know, the thing was, like, I knew when we got married that God put us together. And it was funny that after being an F.A. for a couple of years or something, you know, you know, at first, um, or even even be before FA, but around that time, I thought, well, is that yeah? When I was in FA, I thought, well, if I had been in FA when I met him, maybe I wouldn't have married him. And yet, when we got married, he was the man for me. I mean, I knew that God put us together. So it was funny how that kind of shifted when I got thin and cute and made more friends and. And um, and he didn't get recovery, and I did, and I was very very superior about it all. So anyway, it took a couple years. Um, he, you know, I was grateful that he was willing to at least try to give it a try. But he did have to move out for a little bit, and um, and uh, it took a couple. It took two or three years. Finally, he did agree to go to counseling. But what it took was for me to call my sponsor and say, "How do I change? Like like help me change?" Because I mean, I knew that in that relationship, I was still a bitch. I'm sorry, I mean, that was offensive, but there were many, many things that I said that were very bitchy. And I, I, wasn't, I was not being very loving, patient, tolerant, or kind in that relationship. And, um, and, and he was hurting, and so was I. And, uh, but, you know, like my sponsor said, you're the one with the program, you're the one that needs to change. You're changing because you need to change, not because he needs to change, or even because you need to save your marriage. I just 
realize that, you know, I just really wasn't becoming anymore the person that I needed, you know, that God really wanted me to be. So we really kind of focused on me. It really wasn't about him. My husband would say things, and he, he wasn't real hopeful for a long time. And I just had to keep showing up. We were living together, and I just had to keep showing up. And, um, you know, slowly, I mean, it was very slow. I don't think he believed that I could change. I mean, we'd been married. By then, we had been married like 29, 28, 29 years. I just don't think he thought, if I hadn't changed before, what was going to happen now? He didn't really understand the power of God in this program, truly, um, and the power of a good sponsor. <laughs> but um, and you know, I was just I was I, I remember whenever we had kind of a whenever there was friction in our relationship, or in the past, I would go, "What's wrong with him?" I would say to my sponsor, "Well, this is what happened. What did I do?" And she would help me see what my part was so that I could do it differently the next time. And I, you know, I didn't go around groveling or um, apologizing a whole lot. I was just trying to be more respectful, which simply was what it came down to, just being more respectful and of him like I am of other people. So, um, you know, that's just been an unbelievable change in my life. I, um, it, that was six years ago, and um, we're just, we, we, um, we sold our house two years ago. He wanted to downsize. I did not want to downsize, but he wanted to downsize. And I thought, you know, he's given me pretty much, you know, uh, physically everything I've wanted for the last 30 years. And with my sponsor's help again, I got to be able to accept that we were going to make this kind of a change. And I may as well get on board. And to all of you, I would, I would be kicking and screaming and crying and can't believe we have to give up our family home that we built and all that. And to him, I was like, yeah, what do we need to do? What do we need to do next? What do we need to do next? Just this past summer, we were taking a walk, and he puts his arm around me, and he says, you know, I love you so much. He said, I, I am so happy we have this cute little new house in this wonderful little area. And and he said, I just, I, he said, what do you say something like, I just couldn't believe how much you got behind me on this. I'm so grateful that you were so happy to move. And I mean, he just like... <laughs> Like, really? Like, you didn't see all those tears? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know what was going on on the phone all those times? But, um, you know, I just, it's, just, it's just been a really um, remarkable um, journey for me. Um, you know, when I first got into program, I heard a couple of things. And one of the things I heard was, don't eat no matter what, no matter what, don't eat. And for me, that's meant, you know, don't eat when, um, you know, when your kids get in trouble in school or with the law. It's meant don't eat when the, when they move out of the house. I mean, that was when my son left um, left to go away to school. It was a very sad day for me, and all those feelings I had that I used to eat over. I, I didn't know how to handle those feelings, and um, you know, it meant don't eat when your mom gets sick and when your when your mom needs you more. It doesn't. It means don't eat when your mom dies. You know, it, it means um, don't don't eat when your husband says he wants to move out. You know, and it also means don't eat when. You win a tennis match, and you're really proud of yourself for the day. Um, I mean, it just I heard people say that. Don't eat no matter what. No matter what, don't eat. And it'll get better. Whatever it is, it'll get better. I had a hard time with just for today. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't easy to stay in the day. I was definitely a future tripper. But eventually, you know, I just thought, okay, I just have today. Just do today well. And don't eat no matter what. No matter what, don't eat. And the other thing I heard was a grateful heart doesn't eat. And gratitude was something that really had to be taught to me. Um, I do remember having to call somebody and say, I need to find some gratitude today. Would you help me? And, and um, 
you know, we talked about the five fingers, five toes, the, the sun is shining, you know, I get to do this, I get to do that, I've got clothes, I've got food. Um, and then it turned into, um, at some point, I, I, you know, I was so grateful for my sponsors. Um, I couldn't, you know, I, and, and, and in that gratitude for me, don't eat, being, showing my gratitude by not eating for that person that was at the, on the other end of the line. Um, I don't feel like it was people-pleasing. I think it was real gratitude. Um, and then it became gratitude for, you know, just having that, you know, when my mom lived in Cupertino and, and I'd have to drive an hour and a half to go see her um, to be grateful that we have a relationship today and that I get to go and spend time with her instead of I have to go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to go spend all, all day with my mom. So it... Um, you know, that 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 phrase just really meant a lot for me. A grateful heart does not eat. And then I heard, um, oh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Oh, I can't remember. So, um, I don't know, I'm just really grateful today for this program. I, um, my kids are 25 and 26 now, and um, my relationship with them is, really, really neat. My daughter's really, I don't want to say she's proud of me, but but she tells me that I'm kind of unique among her friends and that, she, you know, that she's just grateful to have me to talk to and she brings things to me that I'm kind of surprised that she wants to talk to me about. When she was growing up, she didn't want to bring friends over. She was She was afraid of me and her friends were afraid of me. And that's the way it was. I was kind of grumpy. I didn't like to have kids around and, um, and it, it was just, it was hard. It was hard to have her and her friends around. They had a lot of fun. They were la- they laughed and they were lively. And I just wanted them to be quiet and just go downstairs and go to bed and go to sleep. And, um, you know, um, you know, I still struggle today with uh, what it look, with what things look like on the inside, outside. I, I do want to have a beautiful home. I do want to drive a nice car. I like my hair to look nice. I like to have nice clothes. But, um you know, but it, but I can see the shift. I can see that it's not that important. Before I got into program, I I don't remember that there was a day that I didn't wash my hair and dry it. I couldn't not go out of the house without my hair that way. I have really curly hair. It's um and and I, there was never a day that I wouldn't you know wash it, dry it, straighten it. And that's not the truth. That doesn't happen to me today. I play tennis. I put a baseball cap on it. It's in a ponytail, and I take the cap off and take the ponytail off and go to the grocery store. And honestly, I couldn't do that. We couldn't go camping because I wouldn't, I couldn't shower. I couldn't take a hair dryer with me. So seriously, we didn't, we didn't go camping. I didn't tell my family that, but it wasn't, you know, we didn't do those kinds of things when we were growing up. And, you know, and today it's okay. I'm, okay, so the funnest thing I'm doing right now is that my husband and I are taking the da- dancing lessons. Um, he's always wanted to do this. And, you know, I'll, the feeling that I have when, um, you know, like the instructor puts her hands on my body, like I don't, I don't worry about what that feels like. When she puts her hand like around my bra strap, I don't, it, that doesn't, it doesn't bother me today. Um, my husband and I took lessons when, before we got married, and I was so embarrassed because he couldn't lead, and I couldn't follow, but he has no rhythm, and 
I, I just thought, we cannot dance. We cannot dance. You, you can't lead. And I told him that. I mean, it wasn't like we were gonna, I was going to pretend that we could dance when he couldn't dance and he couldn't lead me. So it was ridiculous. So we just kind of did the, you know, the try to stay together kind of thing on, at the wedding. And, and it was awful. And, and you know, this is, it's been fun being there. We've, we've taken two lessons. And the first night, um, you know, she was show, she was, the, the instructor said to me very firmly, she said, you need to follow him wherever he goes. <laughs> and it was, I, I mean, I just cracked up because I thought, I wish I had heard that, you know, 25, 30 years ago. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a couple levels of it. Physically, I feel good about myself. I can be on the dance floor in front of a wall of mirror and not feel ashamed. I mean, that is huge. I mean, bottom line, I'm a food addict that got fat, and I didn't like being fat. So that I can be in this dance floor, you know, playing, you know, dancing in front of a mirror and not and really, truly not feel self-conscious. Um, and then to have my husband lead me around and just just let him lead me. It's 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 mind blowing, really, to me. And, and to see the look on his face. You know, he feels proud. It's OK. Like if he may if we make a mistake, it's OK. And the other day we were practicing in our kitchen and and I started laughing, and he, and I, I said, oh, I, I, you know, we messed up. I think my feet were in the wrong place. And and he said, oh, you've got such a great smile on your face. I mean, you know, it's just this is this is why I, I'm in F.A. I mean, I'm here. Yes, I'd like all the material things. I would love, I would, <laughs> I would love to have all the material possessions that, I, that I've ever wanted in the world. But what I really want is good relationships with people. I don't want people to be mad at me. I don't want people to, you know, um, I mean, if, if it's appropriate for them to be mad at me, fine. But you know, I don't want them to be afraid of me. I want people to feel like they can approach me. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm just tired of being mad and angry all the time. You know, that's, I'm just tired of that. So, you know, FA has just taught me how to be grateful and how to, um, to live one day at a time. And to weigh and measure my food, I still I still do today what I've done all these years. I don't, I mean, I'm still a food addict today. I still need to do everything I do. I don't have an eating problem. I have an addiction, and it needs to be addressed every day of my life. And so, um, you know, my family's used to it now. They're not always happy with me, but again, you know, it's just they they've learned to live with it, and um, and I have too. And and, I, and I'm grateful today. I'm really grateful today. I just feel like I'm a happy person today. There's a something like, oh, I, there's something in the big, big book, I think it says, where happy people don't hurt people. And that's what I want to be. I want to be a happy person that doesn't hurt people. Thank you. So would you please join me for a moment of silence in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.